When wine is on trial, the gossip is dishy. The judges are drunk. The verdicts are random. This is True Crimes Against Wine. Welcome to True Crimes Against Wine. This is our sidebar episode. Well, many so we're going to answer some questions. Yes. So we have a question for Topher. All right. What's the difference between organic wine and biodynamic wine? Between organic and biodynamic. Let's talk about what each one is and what it's not. Okay. So organic wine falls into two different categories. Mm -hmm. Those categories are wine that is organic and then also wine that is made with organically grown grapes. Okay. And those have some subtle nuances to them. So for the latter, uh, yeah. Uh, (laughs) I was like, wait, am I trying? Well, that's it. And that's it. (laughs) Okay. The USDA demands that grapes be grown without synthetic fertilizers and that all the ingredients, including the yeast, be certified organic. With no sulfites being added to that. Okay. And that's what's necessary in order to get the USDA organic seal on your actual wine label when you're marketing it. Okay. But wines that are made with organic grapes, on the other hand, they need to be made with grapes that are grown without the use of synthetic fertilizers or pesticides. Mm. They must be processed and bottled in an organic facility. And sulfites must be limited to 100 parts per million or less. However... Additional ingredients such as the yeast and things Mm -hmm. like that don't have to be organic. So not that one is maybe stricter than the other, but they're just kind of a different approach to organic. Well, I would say that an an actual organic wine versus a wine that's made with organic grapes, that is going to be a little bit more strict. It has some more ramifications. Yeah, exactly. So basically, if you make wine that is made with organic grapes, but Mm -hmm. you're not following the strict USDA approval, then... You can say that you have a wine that's made with organic grapes on the label, but you can't, but you can't say the wine itself is organic. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. All right. It's interesting to note, however, that it's very expensive to mm. have the USDA come in and do that. Okay. Um, so just as kind of a baseline here, it costs about $750 for an inspector to come out to a small farm. Mm. We're talking like a few acres. Okay. And then an additional $1,200 to inspect your winemaking facility. Okay. So if you're doing an actual organic wine, you have to have both of those. So you're looking at almost two grand at that point. Except. Okay. You also have inspection fees. That's just for the certification. So before that, you have to pay for you have to pay for the inspection fees. You have to pay for assessments, and you have to pay for the travel expenses of the USDA agent to come. Ridiculous. Yeah. Well, here's the kicker. Okay. That has to happen every year, and depending on the region that you're in, sometimes twice a year. No, I don't like this enough. So. Because of that, obviously, there's a lot of really great family-owned and operated sort of mom-and-pop establishments that they can't afford to pay that thousands of dollars twice a year to come out and do this just to have, like, Mm -hmm. something stamped on there. So, like, for instance, in Oregon, in Willamette Valley, where I was, it's just understood by everyone there that they're making wine from organic grapes and they're doing it in an organic process. But they just cannot label They just don't label it. Yeah. But also that happens a a lot in Europe. So a lot Mm -hmm. of classically grown grapes are going to be organic. But for them, it's like, why am I going to pay federal agents to come out and say that it's organic when we all know that we've been making it organically for the past several hundred years? Like this is what we take pride in. It's what we're known for. We don't need 
this extra stamp of approval. Right. So just because you see a wine that doesn't say that it's organic doesn't mean that it's not organic. Chances are, if you're getting from specific regions within the U.S. and then a lot of places abroad, it is going to be organic. All right. So what about biodynamic? Then? So biodynamic takes things to a different level. Oh. Um, I want you to think of it this way. First and foremost, a biodynamic wine is going to be organic. However, oh. not all organic wines are biodynamic. Okay. Okay. Am I boring you? No. <laughs> Well, I wasn't going to say it. <laughs> um, so biodynamic winemaking is about a century or so old. It started in the 1920s. Mm-hmm. And it uses some really interesting methods that I'm not going to knock it because I've never lived it. But it does sound kind okay. of weird. Um, so one of the tenets that they do is they use lunar calendar scheduling for a lot of not even just the planting, but the hmm. different tasks of the farming. So okay. plowing, planting, pruning, picking, and then all even the peas. all the peas, even down to popping open the bottle. So basically they're on this schedule that alternates the different chores and there are things like root days root days are something that would be completely different exactly Mm -hmm. you know getting a little darker on the roots no but it's like where you would go in and do some more of the maintenance versus like the actual planting you know things like that and if you and they believe that even if you are to open up a bottle on the wrong day let's say you open a bottle on the root day it's going to make the wine taste more bitter (laughs) I know it sounds weird, right? So okay. there's a really respected Keep about it. There's a really respected winemaker um, in Pomerol in France, mm-hmm. and he swears by this. And he he acknowledges that it sounds really crazy, but that since his job is to literally taste wine every single day, that you start to see kind of the rhythm and the pattern that's going on. Mm-hmm. Again, it sounds weird to me. I acknowledge that it sounds weird, but I'm not going to knock it because I don't really know that much in depth into the science about this it. It sounds like the same people who believe in crystals. It's, it sounds like a very new age. No apologies to people who believe in crystals, by the way. Um, it's lovely, but you know that's all bullshit. So. Anyway, <laughs> aside from that, they do have some really cool things that they do. Okay, so, like what? So one thing is dynamized fertilizer mm. treatments. That's not dynamite. That's mm. dynamized. Basically what you they're doing. You know I pictured them just like putting TNT some little nitroglycerin yep. like out and of a dropper. just like an explosion of soil. An explosion of flavor. Yeah, exactly. exactly. That's how they make Starburst, right? Yeah. Yeah. So dynamized fertilizer treatments are basically mixing plant compounds with rainwater. Ooh, okay. So you're doing, again, this is a very organic mm-hmm. thing. One thing that they specifically talk about is growing chamomile and mixing chamomile with rainwater and using that as a natural fertilizer. And it actually okay. helps bring out See, flavors. See, that I think actually makes sense yes yeah that's a very kind of holistic yes yeah that's yeah it's not Um, like oh if the moon's shadow is at two o'clock we can't drink the wine right exactly yeah it sounds weird yeah another thing they do is organic farmers let's say you're in mcminnville Oregon in Willamette Valley, and you are growing organic grapes. Mm -hmm. You can be getting the organic fertilizers that they use from anywhere. So Mm -hmm. you could be like shipping it in from Maine if you want to. Okay. If you're biodynamic, it's really kind of an emphasis on using what is local and which is cool. Yeah, I think that's cool too because I'm. I would imagine that that would give your wine a distinct flavor that you may not find in another area. It's very much about keeping the terroir intact. And one of the things that I really appreciate it from a lot of the reading that I've done and some of the practices that I've seen in person is that when you think about it, they're kind of using nature as it is where they are Mm -hmm. to solve man-made problems. The man-made problem obviously being you're cultivating a crop that 
it's not naturally supposed to be cultivated necessarily. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. you wouldn't naturally find just rows and rows of grapes being cultivated sure. in sure. in the wild. And so some of the things that happen are man-made problems. Like it's not drought tolerant. We're not getting as much of a crop as we mm-hmm. normally would this year and things like that. In nature, that doesn't matter because it's still going to be producing what it needs to self-sow and bloom and provide food mm-hmm. for the birds and things like that. It's just when you start doing it on a more commercial level that it becomes these problems. And so one of the examples that I love the most about this is with this specific wine from Mendoza in Argentina. Mm-hmm. That's a Malbec, which I know you love your I do. Argentinian. I do. Yeah. And so this was actually built on the side of the mountain in the Andes, you know, mm-hmm. and it's a beautiful rugged terrain kind of, you know, terraced vineyards. Yeah. But the problem is because of the altitude and the exposure the winds were coming and ripping the fruits off of the vines before they were ready okay. to be harvested. Again, so in the wild, that's not a that's not a bad problem. Because they put hats on all the grapes. They put hats on all the grapes. So they wouldn't get that windblown look. <laughs> no, they went through and they planted a row of cedars along the side of the vineyard. Oh, that makes sense. As okay. a natural yeah. windbreak. And cedars were actually native to that area. So it wasn't like they were pulling in some kind of invasive species. Right. But what ended up happening was because of now the proximity to the vines the cedars changed the terroir. And so oh. the, the the wine, once it's made, naturally has kind of a leathery, smoky, cedar box sort of flavor to it. It's actually Ooh. called cigar box okay. because it gives you that yeah. sort of flavor. And it's, a, it's just a really cool, natural way to play around with the terroir in a way that complements the grapes. I think well. that's that's cool. That's the cool part of yeah. biodynamic. Yeah, one hundred percent. Not the fruit fruit stuff. <laughs> yeah. Again, I, I think it would be really interesting to go and spend some time at a biodynamic vineyard and see how they're implementing those kind of yeah, new that, principles. That would be interesting. So if anybody has a biodynamic vineyard and you want us to visit, let us know. Yeah. Rachel promises to keep an open mind. Fine. <laughs> She will definitely say things under her breath, but we're working on her volume control. So I won't talk this loud. I'll just whisper to Toby. (laughs) So yeah, that's the difference between organic wines and organic grapes and also biodynamic. Awesome. Well, if you all have a question that you want us to answer on a sidebar about wines, the process of wines, growing, pairing, celebrities, and tasting. tasting celebrities. Let us know. <laughs> you know, you can write to us on Instagram mm-hmm. at True Crimes Against Wine, as well as on Facebook, or you can email us at truecrimesagainstwine at gmail.com. Or send us a postcard. Send us a postcard. And then I'll be worried how you found us. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we look forward to hearing from you. All right. Bye. Bye. Bye.